Hello and welcome to the Pet Purpose Podcast. This is a podcast for passionate pet parents who want to take pet parenting to the next level. Our audience are always looking for ways to provide the best care for their companions. I'm Brett the Vet and each episode I will share useful information and key takeouts that you can easily adopt to magnify the care, adventure and excitement that you enjoy by having committed to becoming a dedicated pet parent just like me. This episode of the Pet Purpose Podcast is brought to you by tailovation.com.au. Tailovation is the site for passionate pet parents looking for credible information and quality products for their pets. Visit tailovation.com.au and follow along on socials. The handle on both Instagram and Facebook is at tailovation. Instead of standing ovation, it's a tail ovation. It's tails up to that. Now let's get started with today's episode. What do you say about that, boy? Well, in today's episode of the Pet Purpose Podcast, we're going to be talking about the very interesting and very important topic of pet insurance. And I'm very pleased to be able to be joined today for this conversation by my guest, Dr. Danielle Houlihan. Now, Danny is a veterinarian who is also a mum of two. And at the time of this recording, uh, she's expecting her third bub. Uh, her other kids that make up the menagerie include some Labrador retrievers and some cats. And Danny's no ordinary vet. She's also a specialist veterinary dermatologist and is the founder of the Veterinary Dermatology Clinic in Sydney. Danny's also the chief veterinary officer at Petua. So, Danny, a warm welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Brett. I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> Um, Danny, now since this is a financial uh, advice discussion, uh, I believe that it's best that um, we first put forward a disclaimer to our listeners. So do you want to go ahead and just read that out, Danny? Sure. Um, any advice is general only and is not considered your personal circumstances, so may not be right for you. Cover is subject to the policy terms and conditions. You should consider the relevant product disclosure statement or policy wording available from the relevant provider to decide if a product is right for you. Insurance products are issued by the Hollard Insurance Company, PTY LTD, and administered by Petra Australia, PTY LTD, through our authorised representatives and distribution partners. Gap Only is a trademark owned by Petra Australia, and Gap Only is available at participating vets with an eligible pet insurance policy. Visit our website for more information. Beautiful. Thanks for that, Danny. So, Danny, perhaps um, let's define what insurance is in general terms. I mean, I guess our listeners would know that insurance is some form of payment in lieu of a protection or compensation against some sort of loss uh, or illness. And in the case of pet insurance, this would involve um sort of financial reimbursement should the pet fall ill. So perhaps for our listeners, can you just define what exactly pet insurance is, Danny? Sure, Brett. So pet insurance is a form of general insurance that's designed to help cover unexpected vet expenses if your cat or your dog was to become sick or injured. It's not designed to cover expected expenses, though, such as vaccinations or health checks, but some policies do provide optional extras that may provide some money towards those types of expenses. Um, many vets also offer wellness plans that can assist with covering those expected routine expenses. Beautiful. And Danny, 
Uh, let's talk a little bit about how pet insurance is similar to and or different from human health insurance. For example, you know, with Medicare in Australia, the costs of treatment in public hospitals is covered. And Medicare also subsidizes some of the costs of a range of some other medical services and even in some instances, some medications as well. And whilst Medicare is not all inclusive, it is something that Australian citizens and permanent residents are familiar with. And I think knowingly or perhaps somewhat unknowingly, pet parents may use Medicare cover as some sort of mental benchmark um, and the norm, so to speak, for medical care overall. But when it comes to pet care, however, there's no such benefit and as, 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 it, as in the case of Medicare. And all of the, the, the veterinary costs would, would fall on the pet parent, which, um, which means that pet parents need to either save for the proverbial rainy day or take out some sort of pet insurance, don't they, Danny? So, so let's talk a little bit about how pet insurance is similar to or different from human health insurance. Um, so I guess one of the biggest differences is that pet insurance is regulated as general insurance. So human right. health covers the health of a person and general insurance covers assets. So in the case of pet insurance, it covers the pet for unexpected events that may affect the pet's health. Um, you pay a premium for the cover for certain health conditions up to various limits and stated benefits. Um, and when we go through the podcast, we'll talk about some of the most common things that uh, pet insurance covers and what uh, pet insurance customers uh, claim for, um, and that'll provide right. some more detail as well. Right. Okay, excellent. Now, just for our listeners, Danny, an idea of what some of the most common claims through pet insurance would be, um, whether or not someone would be able to make a claim would obviously depend on what sort of policy they, they have. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But generally speaking, what are some of the most common conditions that you would see claims come in for, Danny? Um, so in preparation for our podcast today, Brett, we looked through the data from 2020 um, right. and we looked through the data for dogs and for cats. So we'll start with dogs first. Um, oh, yeah. So in 2020, the most claimed conditions for dogs were, number one, skin conditions. Um, so that's certainly no surprise to me. Um, being a dermatologist, we know yes. there are lots of itchy dogs out there. So these are dogs yeah. that have um, usually allergic skin disease, like environmental allergies or potentially allergies to things in their diet. Um, number two was conditions of the gastrointestinal tract. Um, so these usually manifest with symptoms such as vomiting, diarrhea, inappetence, weight loss, and there can be numerous diseases that might trigger those types of symptoms. Yeah. Um, and then number three, um, also one that hits close to home for me, was ear conditions. Um, so <laughs> ear infections are commonly claimed, um, and this can include infections of both the external um, and middle ears. Um, right. But it is important to know that ear infections are almost always secondary to an underlying trigger, um, usually to an underlying allergy, like an allergy to things in the environment or to something in the diet. Um, so for dogs, um, skin and gastrointestinal disease, um, followed by ears were the most common things that we saw people claiming for. Right. Um, for cats, slightly different. Um, so number one was traumatic accidents. Um, so most commonly fractured bones for our feline really? friends. Um, number two was gastrointestinal tract conditions. Um, and number yep. three was urinary tract conditions. So that includes acute and chronic re renal failure and uh, urinary tract diseases um, of the lower urinary tract. Interesting. Yeah, and, and as you mentioned, Danny, the, the ears obviously lined by the skin. So it would make sense that if um, 
the skin is sort of one of the common claims that it would then follow that ears are also somewhere towards the top of that list, certainly for dogs, as you as you mentioned there. Absolutely. Um, and I think one of the other things that might be a surprise to um, pet parents is the cost of exceptional veterinary care. Um, so the other thing that I took a peek at was our three single highest claims for both dogs and cats in um, 2020. So number right. one, we received a claim for a dog that had epilepsy for $43,924. Wow. Um, number two was a dog that had cholangiohepatitis at $31,242. Um, yeah. Number three was a dog that had developed a systemic inflammatory response um, at $27,257. So very, very pricey um, for those pooches. Um, and then we move over to cats um, and we had our number one claim for a cat with kidney failure at $14,356, um, a cat with a fractured bone at $14,130, um, and then a cat with a, a type of cancer at $13,561. So not inexpensive and, um, you know, can sometimes be quite difficult for us as pet parents to manage those costs. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, those are very interesting statistics, Danny. Um, just a, a quick side note for our listeners. Uh, Danny mentioned there um, the second um, highest claim for dogs was cholangia hepatitis. Cholangia just refers to the gallbladder and hepatitis to the liver. So it's a problem with the, the gallbladder and the liver in that particular case. But I guess what those statistics also reveal is that, you know, the, the the veterinary care that's involved in treating our beloved pets is um, oftentimes quite similar to what's done in, in human practice in, in general terms. And so you can imagine sometimes some similar equipments used, some similar types of medications and things like that. So it makes sense that some of these costs can really escalate um, in, in certain conditions. All right, now, Danny, not all pet insurance policies are equal, and there are a lot of things that need to be considered when taking out pet insurance. Um, there's things such as the level of cover. There could be things like total annual limits or sublimits or waiting periods or inclusions and exclusions. So what should pet parents look out for when choosing a pet insurance cover? Great question, Brett. So when choosing pet insurance cover, it's important to look beyond the cheapest premium because that might not represent the best policy for your situation. So you could check the annual benefit, whether there's a limit on certain claims, whether there is right. sublimits, which may cap how much you can claim on a certain condition or treatment. Right. The benefit percentage, which is also known as the co-payment or the co-share, is also an important factor to consider. So this is the percentage of the eligible vet bill that will be covered. Some policies cover 50%, for example, whereas others might cover 70, 80, 85, or even 100% of the eligible vet bill. It's also worth checking to see if there's an excess and deciding whether you want a policy with an excess or not. You should also check the waiting periods, as some conditions might not be covered straight away. And of course, investigates which accidents and illnesses will be covered. Some policies might only cover for a stated list or of illnesses or incidences, and that may not be something that you are concerned about for your pet, whereas other policies are comprehensive, so might cover a wider range of conditions. You should also check to see whether there's any age limitations on the policy and whether your pet will be covered for life. Other aspects that are worth looking into are optional extras, such as routine care or dental options, and whether right. those options are important to you and your pet. Yeah. Um, 
And Danny, I think you mentioned there that, uh, you know, the age of the pet, and I think some of the most common um, factors that would influence a, a policy and um, the premiums would be certainly age, the age of the pet, but also the, the breed of the pet. Um, now, when it comes to the general costs of pet insurance, there's things such as excess amounts, which you've already mentioned, the benefit percentages or, or, or the co-payments, as you've said. Um, there's also annual renewals. Um, so just in general terms, what are some of the costs of pet insurance, Danny, that pet parents would need to factor in? Um, so if we look at it for a ballpark, the year to date for 2021, the average premiums payable for new sales in dogs was $748.63 and for cats right. it was $486.73. Right, that's interesting. So pet owners, you know, should obviously be aware um, in some breeds um, the premiums may be a little bit higher but it's – and there may be the – the, the temptation or the thought that one would go and perhaps avoid taking out pet insurance because of those higher premiums in those particular breeds. But um, bear in mind that there's a lot of um, factors that are uh, calculated to determine these premiums. And it's, it's for a reason that premiums may be higher in certain breeds because they are more predisposed to certain conditions. So that's certainly something to be aware of. And I think as Danny mentioned, you know, in the disclaimer that she read out in the beginning, it's really important to read through the PDS or the product disclosure statements for, for the policies to make sure that, you know, you understand exactly what sort of, you know, conditions your policy covers. So, Danny, I guess one of the, the big questions that that our listeners might have on the top of their mind would be, is pet insurance worth it? And I mean, it, it can certainly be regarded as, as, a, as a grudge purchase, can't Danny? But there's no doubt that once one falls safely into that safety net, that is, that is insurance, um, then one is only obviously too grateful for that. So just elaborate on whether pet insurance is worth it for, for our listeners. So I'm going to answer this in three different ways. So firstly, right. um, I'll answer it from an insurance perspective. Secondly, from my clinical perspective. And then thirdly, from my personal perspective. Um, so firstly, pet insurance is about helping you protect your pet for unexpected events that may happen and that you might not financially be prepared for. Situations can quickly run into the thousands and pet insurance can help to ease the financial burden for those out-of-pocket expenses, particularly now that we have GAP Only, which is an on-the-spot claiming service for eligible claims. Pet insurance is one way that pet parents can plan financially in case their beloved um, pet does have an unexpected accident or illness, provided they find the product that's right for them and best suits the needs of them and their pets. Um, from a clinical perspective, I see how pet insurance helps pets and pet parents on a daily basis. So I work in referral practice and we have a very high percentage of insured clients. As a vet, it's fabulous to see such dedicated pet parents where cost is not a major driving factor in their treatment decisions. Yeah. Yeah. There was a paper that was recently published and it was titled The Effect of Pet Insurance on Pre-Surgical Euthanasia of Dogs with Gastric Dilatation Volvulus a novel approach to quantifying economic euthanasia in veterinary medicine. Yeah. This suggests that for pet parents, 
Financial instruments such as pet insurance can significantly reduce the instance of pets being euthanized in emergency situations. So the study looked at outcomes for patients with GDV or gastric dilatation volvulus, which is a life-threatening condition requiring urgent veterinary attention. And the study showed that 90% of insured dogs that presented with GDV underwent surgery and they had a survival rate of 80%. On the other hand, only 63% of uninsured dogs presenting with GDV underwent surgery and only 53% survived till hospital discharge. So that indicates that having insurance was associated with a marked decrease in pre-surgical euthanasia. Yeah. Now, the next way I'll answer this is from a personal perspective. So Brett mentioned earlier on that I have uh, way too many pets. So I have three Labradors and two cats and all of them are insured. Um, Each month I pay about $600 in premium for my five pets. um, And I honestly cannot think of a year where I have not thought pet insurance was great value for my fur family. So most recently, our one-year-old likely cat became really unwell. He always comes out at dinner time, and this is going to reflect my bad parenting, but his favorite food is dino nuggets. So every night he will come out to steal dino nuggets from the children, Um, and he didn't do that one night. So we thought perhaps he'd escape the house. We spent hours roaming the streets looking for him and couldn't find him. Eventually, we found him unresponsive on our bed. His temperature was 41.5 degrees Celsius, which is very high for a little kitty cat. Yeah, and yeah. we rushed, rushed straight to the emergency hospital. Um, he was very gravely ill and he'd become septic. And it turns out he had a bacterial infection, which we think had originated in his liver and had spread throughout his body. Wow. Um, the prognosis for him was very poor. He required a high level of specialist diagnostics, treatments, care, supportive care, And we were all absolutely devastated. This cat is such an important part of our lives. Um, And as a young family with way too many pets and children living in expensive Sydney, the cost of treatment was certainly a concern for us. Um, But his insurer covered 90% of his invoice, which was a huge financial relief. Um, And the best news is the incredible team at Sydney Vet Specialists were able to save him and he is absolutely thriving and back to stealing dino nuggets from children. Um, so from a personal perspective, I absolutely think pet insurance has been worth it for me and my family. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great example that you've um, you've recently lived through, um, Danny. Um, and, and then just for our listeners, um, just jumping back to Danny mentioned there a, a study um, re- regarding GDV or gastric dilatation volvulus. And all that means is that the stomach in the dog swells up. Um, predominantly due to a, a large amount of gas. And then because it's very swollen, like, almost like a balloon, it, it can twist uh, on itself. And that twisting causes uh, um, the blood supply to be cut off. And then that can become really uh, life-threatening and it, and it is an emergency. And, and so you can understand why surgical intervention there would have been so important for those cases and would have improved the, the outcome of those cases. The other thing I just want to recap, um, and it's, it, it bears worth um, mentioning again, um, Danny, you picked up on, on things like the peace of mind and, and just the relief. I think that's, you know, certainly makes a pet insurance worth it in and of itself. You also mentioned that, you know, from a vet's perspective, um, it it certainly um, allows the veterinary team to provide the best care and treatment necessary for the pet as opposed to, you know, being constrained by costs. And 
it, it, it would be horrific to end up in the predicament of potentially having to choose between, you know, uh, a, a pet's life and one's finances. So by, by having pet insurance, it, it really just helps um, avoid those, those types of scenarios, doesn't it? Absolutely. I think it makes a big difference to many of our pet parents and, of course, our pets. Yeah. All right, Danny. So I guess this leads into um, the question is, you know, who should be getting pet insurance? And I guess based on what we've just discussed, um, any pet parent that um, that is able to should certainly get pet pet insurance. And, and, I, and I guess the sooner the better because as pets age, they obviously tend to develop more conditions as as we do as humans too. So um, just your thoughts on who should get pet insurance, Danny? I think that pet parents who don't already have a financial plan for these unexpected vet bills or those who would find a large unexpected vet bill a real setback or a challenge financially or emotionally stressful should look to, uh, for pet insurance. Yeah. It can help ease that financial burden of out-of-pocket expenses. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And there's there's a quote that sort of goes along the lines of do something today that your future self will thank you for. And um, I guess insurance, as I've already mentioned, may be a grudge purchase, but it is something that um, not only will your future self thank you for, but certainly your pet may come to thank you too. Um, on that note, um, let's sum up, audience. Well. Pet insurance helps to give pet parents the peace of mind that their pet will receive the necessary veterinary care should the need arise. Um, not all policies are the same, as Danny mentioned, and levels of cover will differ between different policies, and that will influence the amounts of premium paid. And there's various factors that have a big influence on the premiums, um, and these include things such as the breed of the pet and certainly the age of the pet. And certain breeds are more prone to particular health conditions and just like humans the older pets get the more likely they are to have health conditions developing now one should always read the pds so that it's clear what is included and and even what's excluded in a policy so the best advice is to do your homework and to find out what is best for your circumstances and by taking out pet insurance you are helping to protect your pet's future well, Danny, it's been a pleasure having a chat with you today. Thank you for sharing some useful information and some useful hints and tips on pet insurance. And thanks also to Petua for providing the means to ensure that pet parents can have that peace of mind and that also the best veterinary care can be provided for pets at times when they need it. Now, for our listeners, if they would like to reach out to you, Danny, directly or uh, alternatively reach out to Petua, what is the best way they can go about doing that? Thanks, Brett. So um, visiting our website, um, all of our contact details are available on the Petra Australia website um, or feel free to follow us on our social media channels. So we're on Facebook, um, also Instagram and LinkedIn. Excellent. Well, thanks so much once again, Danny, and best wishes for the arrival of your new bub. Thanks very much, Brett. Thanks for having me. This episode of the Pet Purpose Podcast was brought to you by tailovation.com.au. If you're looking for credible information and quality products for your pet, visit tailovation.com.au and follow along on Instagram and Facebook using the handle at tailovation. That's T A I L 
O-V-A-T-I-O-N. Instead of a standing ovation, it's a tail ovation. You can also find a range of pet products from food, treats and toys to flea and tick products and much more at the tail ovation shop online. And if you'd like to access the show notes for this episode, then head over to the podcast page on the Tailovation website. In the show notes, you'll find links to the Petsure website and the Petsure social pages, as well as links to the Tailovation shop. So visit tailovation.com.au to access the show notes. Well, that's a wrap for this episode. Thanks for being such a great audience. Please go ahead and share this episode with other passionate pet parents and do your bit to create happy, healthy pets. And if you enjoyed this podcast, then please do us a favor and leave a review. Remember, you're awesome and your pet thinks so too. It's tails up to that. Wouldn't you agree, boy? <coughs>